Hello and welcome to the Bryce Cast. This is episode 11. My name is Bryce and we're bringing you Call of Duty esports news, topics, comments and stories from the great world of Call of Duty. Now, joining me here this week, good friend of mine, uh, it's Zach. Zach, first of all, how are you? Um, stressed. Stressed, <laughs> but we're, we're getting by. Um, it's been, I've had a good off season so far. I'm playing with a ton of friends, so it's been fun. That's good to hear, man. Well, hopefully this is a fun uh thing for you to do because that's you know that's that's what i care about i want you to i want you to kind of enjoy being on the on this kind of program and we'll go through some topics we'll talk a little bit about your history and you know just various things as we go through because i'm sure right now you know off season's never a fun time for the majority of players and you especially you know you've, you've yeah. done this a few times now and try to figure out where you go i mean you know orange teams are your preference which i did laugh when i realized you know you're <laughs> to paris um but other than that, how are you enjoying your offseason? You said you're playing a lot of games with friends. What games are you playing, Zach? Um, I'm mainly playing Valorant, honestly. Because um, when the when the COD season's on, I don't tend to touch really many other games. So this is the time I choose to just kind of spend it my way. So um, it's been you know hanging out with my girlfriend and stuff. So it's been it's been good so far. That's good. It's good to hear, man. I've always I've always said right. I think players need to really make sure they enjoy their off season. Yeah, you know, like you, you know, when you come to the rest of the year, that you're not gonna have a chance to take a holiday. I mean, you're not gonna have to take a holiday anyway because of COVID. But you're not gonna have a chance to do all these these sort of things. And a work life balance is very important to make sure that you're refreshed for the season because it is a grind, right? Let's talk about that. You know, yes. as a professional player, you know, you guys. Let's start about. I mean, this kind of relates to Paris as well, right? You guys started off the season for Paris in France, um, <laughs> that. Uh, which was a weird, which was weird because I remember like a lot of visa stuff had to be sorted. Yep. Uh, you got with the team, but then you're not scrimming the Americans and stuff. Like what happened? What was what was the first month in France all about? I mean, it's hard to say really, but I don't think it hurt us as much as we thought because. In my opinion, EU teams, like, if you want to call them amateur teams, but, I mean, I class them as professionals, like, team, teams like Team War, like, I've classed them better than the, the NAMs. Like, that's just the way I've always thought about it. I've always thought EU players were better in that kind of, like, range. Um, so, like, we weren't too far behind, but, like, I mean, it was, like, slightly demotivating, like, not being able to scrim, like, the other 11 teams. Um don't want to say it hurt us because I don't think it did. I think we were actually ahead at the time when we came to America. Um, but I mean, I wish I could have stayed in America and just stayed at my own home and stuff. No, no, I, that I understand. That I understand entirely, right? Like, especially because you, you have uh, a girlfriend out in America as well. So you had to come away from a place you know yeah. you're going to be playing for the rest of the year and essentially your life out there to go play in Paris. Um what was it like then? Because obviously, you know, this is a it's a new team when you first joined Paris. Um, did you get along with everyone straight away? Was it awkward kind of playing with some of these players? Because obviously, you know, new team, new start, new franchise, new CDL, everything. Um, I mean, I think Europeans and Australians are very similar in terms of like the jokes you can throw at each other and the banner you can like kind of hold. So like, I mean, I knew Shocks before as well. And like I knew of a few of the other players. So it wasn't like it was something unknown. Um, obviously, like getting familiar with each other was was kind of the the part that you had to work on. But I mean, straight away it was throwing jokes at each other and stuff, so it was easy. But um, I mean, seven players is you know you got six relationships to uphold, so it gets tricky sometimes. <laughs> oh, of that I have I have absolutely no doubt. You know, I think it's. It's always an interesting thing, you know. People just expect players to walk into new teams and interact with new people at the drop of a hat, right? And just get along straight away. And obviously, yeah, you know, there's nice. always going to be a bit of awkwardness uh, until you get to know each other. And, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is it? But I've always thought of you more of a, an outgoing personality um, just in terms of the way you conduct yourselves. Yeah, I, um, I mean, me, like, personally, I'm quite an open book, so... Um... Me as a teammate, I like to think of myself as like easy to talk to and like easy to get along with. Yeah. So like for me personally, it's not like hard to meet new people and like interact with new people. But 
when you've been, for example, Kismet, me and him were back, like, not me and him, like, personally, but, like, him and, like, Reciprocity were back and forth all year. And then you threw us in a team together. Like, for me, that's fine. But, like, for some players, that might be a problem. Like, you may, might not be able to put two players that have been, you know, going back and forth all year together on the same team. Um, which, you know, they're kind of lucky that it didn't kind of go that way. <laughs> no, I agree with that. Have you ever, have you ever really kind of fallen out? And you don't have to name the player or anything. I'm just curious, right? Ever really fallen out with somebody or just not got along? You know, I just don't like this person. Um, there's no one I don't like. There's people that maybe I'm not as friendly with. Yeah. But that's simply just because maybe I haven't teamed with them or I haven't, like, been around them too much. Um, I rarely ever argue with people. I'm, you know, it takes a lot to kind of piss me off, but <laughs> I'm kind of, yeah, like I said, I'm easy going. That's good to hear. Like I said, one of the things that interests me about hearing about the Paris Legion being in Paris is... Not every team took that route, right? Not every team decided to get the team together. Not everybody decided to have them sit down with their coaches. Because your coaching staff was there as well. Like, obviously, I happen to know Joel and, and Josh. Um, you know, to the point where I think, you know, I was speaking to some of your coaches and you were in the background and all that sort of stuff. Um, what was that environment like? Because coaching has been a mixed bag over the years, to say it nicely. I mean, I've known Joel for... I mean, he's coached me before. I've known him for years. So I knew, like, him coming in, he was actually going to help. And I think, like, the team we had in Paris, you need a coach like Joel for that to work. Um, you ain't going to turn that team into a, a winning team without someone that is going to take shit from the players, if that makes sense. Um, you need someone with, like, a backbone. Is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Um, so Joel was like Joel the has that. Fit. Joel definitely yeah, has that. Yeah. So it was. It was Joel was a perfect fit for that that roster. Um, so at the beginning of the season, I had no worries really. I knew it was going <laughs> to work out. No, that's fair. I think I think that's fair. Like I said, I think um, one of the things you know, and this is you know, it's not really Joel. It's more to do with the Paris Legion team. The start of the year, there was an awful lot of shade thrown at your squad, um, an awful lot, like a ridiculous amount. You were 12th on a lot of people's power rankings. People asking what you were doing, you know, like just crazy amounts of shade thrown. Did that ever affect you at one point? Like sitting there just watching that vitriol come in and, and people just basically shit talk you and your teammates? I mean, I've dealt with that for years now. I've dealt with that <laughs> since, since Union Adam World War II. And it doesn't make sense. Like, it doesn't make sense to me because I've consistently been. If you look at World War II, look at Wreck. I've been in a team that had chances to win tournaments, but maybe just, you know, a few things didn't go our way. Um, and it's, how can you say a team's going to be 12th? Looking at some of the other rosters, especially at that time, um, and you were saying we were going to be 12th, that was kind of mind-blowing to me. But, I mean, that, that, like, that stuff don't affect me at all. I just get on with the game and I'm there to win. So if, you, if, if a player lets that affect them, then maybe Call of Duty isn't, isn't the game for them because you're going to get it literally every week. Yeah, I mean, I make enough videos about it regardless. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you ever think that kind of pressure, though, did it, ever, did it ever affect the team? Like, just knowing that people are disrespecting your teammates, disrespecting the, the brand, you know, a brand new brand that's just come in and people are already saying shit. Was there any, I mean, any of that discussion in, in any of it? If anything, it gave us something to prove. Yeah. Rather than like 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 I said that that stuff it doesn't affect me but it pisses me off like it it makes me want to like be even better it doesn't it gives me like a positive like flow um, and it always like that's why again in every team I've been in they've they've done well there's a, there's a reason for that so um, yeah I think it's just positive really positive energy Posit positive vibes as they like to say yeah yeah that's that's fair I think. I think it's interesting your personal story, right? From at least from my point of view, because there are, in my opinion, quite a lot of Zed fans out there now that two years goes well, and you know, a good portion of that, I will say, I think reciprocity certainly helped you. You know, not only were there good results on the board, and, and you were doing well in, in like that dealership with Dylan, but the content, right? Just, just, 
did you did you see like a big upswell of just Zed fans from watching you in videos like that that you don't seem to have any shame in just being yourself in? A hundred percent. I I've said like I I still speak to all the Red Boys pretty much every day, um, and I said to them like, I wonder what our careers would have been like if reciprocity was still around for this year. Yeah. Still doing the content. I wonder what kind of like impact that would have had on our careers. Um, and uh, you know it sucks that they left because they were like I said I got not a bad word to say about them. Um, they were great, all of them. Um, but I mean yeah, definitely like even just like my following and stuff on social media. Like I'm not as big as some of the top top dogs, but for me like going, I mean I've almost doubled in a year. So that like I said that for, for me I thought it was fantastic. It's something that I am possibly known as somebody who likes to critique and rant about Call of Duty esports, potentially, right? Um, but I have always said, look, I give credit where it's due, and I, I I, tweeted out their content every week. I fucking said, this is fantastic. I highlighted the numbers in there. I've always said, right, when somebody does something that well, it needs to be replicated. And it, obviously, I am still annoyed it wasn't replicated this much in the CDL, and it's something I thought was missing, but people underestimate. Don't get me wrong, right? It wasn't doing hundreds of thousands of views, but they built up a YouTube channel in a year to a decent level where people were oh. waiting to see the next thing, right? Even if you can entertain a thousand people, that's unreal, right? A thousand people want to watch your content is ridiculous. Yeah, no, it's... I, I, I wish... I mean, Paris would have done it because, like I said, it, to stem on from that, like, maybe that could have done something for me, but... um. I mean, I just obviously I want Call of Duty to grow as a whole, not just myself. But um, no, it's, it was enjoyable content. That was the main thing. Like, not one of us. Like you had, like Sean said it to me the other day. He said it perfect. He said they had people like Shawnee and Wuskin doing content. Yeah. Like if you take Shawnee from World War Two, if anyone knows him personally, you know that Shawnee isn't going to do content. Like he's not that type of person. But yeah. Rec had him, literally wanting to do it like they had us doing everything it was amazing props to them guys man like, that, that's really a did really good point man i didn't even think of yeah. that like there are a lot of people in here who just don't do in, even in call of duty now right because i've said this before you know don't be surprised when you're a pro player and you've turned down all content opportunities over the last few years and then your stock drops a little bit and you're like oh shit i'm struggling now like mm. if people don't connect with you on that level then it's going to be more difficult. And don't get me wrong, right? Winning and stats and performance, all very important. Always have been. I'm never going to deny that. But there's no reason not to also build a brand. There's no reason for not to have people like you because at the end of the day, fans matter. They always have done. It's, They're going it, to relate to the players. I mean, you can look yeah. at Octane, for example. Octane was a big name. He was a big name before he started content. Yeah. But now he's got his content. I mean, I, I don't know his numbers exactly, but I can see that he's literally... His YouTube's bigger, his Twitch is bigger, his Twitter's bigger. And like that's just from him doing content. Like yeah. people have actually like related to something and they really enjoy it. So I think funny enough, I didn't even think of that. Octane is possibly the best example of it because I think coming into this year, like we did a mock draft. I don't know if you saw it when I was when we went back with Spitfire. I think. Um and Octane went number one and I, I knew he would go number one. So it was close between him and Simp because of just how consistent he's been over the years and like how great he is. And he's got into a team where the team has literally been horrifically bad, right? That team, CL Surge, terrible team this year. Shockingly so. Um, and yet, people love him. He's more yeah. popular now than he was at the start of the year. Yeah. Right? It's, it's mad. Yeah. And he's, he's more popular than when he was winning. Yeah. So, like, he, he proves the content matters at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It's something that I really want to see kind of pushed forward by others. You know, it's it's always going to be a personal thing of mine. Um, but let's talk about, you know, your ex-teammates uh, oh, yeah. and that wreck, that wreck life. Because what do you think about living in a team house? You know, you guys, you, you did it for a year. Obviously, it's been different this year with COVID and you don't have a facility and all this other, other bullshit. So I have to ask you about last year. What's the biggest surprise living in working in a team house? I mean... From being in the scene, I've always heard the team houses aren't a good thing. Um, yeah. But having that experience from that reg year, for me, team houses are worth it. 
if you have the right people. You have to have the right people in the house. Yeah. So that wreck house, I don't think you could have. I think if you take one person out, I don't think it's the same, the same like energy that it was because it was literally perfect. Like you couldn't have asked for, you know, seven, eight better people to be in a house together. Um, and obviously, I was, you know, my first proper year in America. It was, it was a really good experience to, like, I've been with uni lads, so I was like really good friends with Sean and Brad. So it was like to live in a house with the people like, you know, you're, you're friends with and like experience everything together was, it was amazing. And I mean, I wish I could go back and like not take it for granted as much. Yeah. Um, Cause there were some days I just laid in bed and just did nothing. <laughs> but I, I wish I, mean, I like, you know, it's, it's just one week, small. one week back in the house with the same people and I'd have a blast. So. It's in, it's interesting because I've always you know and I've heard stories come out of the wreck house and stuff and it's I'm one of these ones who who I believe now that I don't think team houses are a good thing for the long term and I think if anything wreck was an example that kind of obviously disproved the rule but for me it it is the fluke it is something that doesn't happen I think you had a good yeah. bunch of lads from from the UK and you know who got along in Australia and you could tell you guys were friends I think the content helped keep them fresh. Did you never come up against any of the issues that are frequently touted about those then? Like burnout, uh, politics in the house, like not being able to separate yourself from the situation. Like there's no there's no relief from that team atmosphere for a competitive squad. It was weird because even though there was no like escape, I don't think anyone wanted to. Okay. Like nobody wanted to be on their own. Like um granted when they did, they just went in their bedroom and just went to bed or done whatever in their, in their room. But like, we was always together. Like I, I put emphasis on that because we were like every second I was awake, I was with someone. And like, I'm very social. I like being with people. I don't like being on my own. So like, for me, that's perfect. Like, you know, I was with Brad, I was with Dylan. Just we'll, you know, we'd go to the, the pitch and play football. Uh, soccer, whatever you want to call it. Erica, <laughs> but... We call it football. Thank you very much, mate. Football. I know you've been over there a little while. <laughs> no, and it was, I don't know. It was just like, for me, it's perfect vibe. Um, and, uh, you know, I've suggested it to, to players this year doing the same thing. But, you know, it's after having a house and then this year being in an apartment in LA, I'd pick a house every time, really. Is that, is that tainted? because of the COVID situation and the fact that most teams are supposed to, or at least the ideal scenario is to have your own personal space and then go to a facility during the day. Whereas obviously See, you haven't been able to do that now. It's hard because I experienced a couple months of it before COVID hit. I was still in LA for them two months. And it's for me personally, a house is much more viable for me being social and stuff. But, I can see why people like apartments, you know, having your own space. But, uh, yeah, house every time for me. <laughs> That's fair. Let's talk about that then. Um, COVID hit. Um, how did it change? Because you said already, right, you, you, you're usually pretty good at being sociable. You're pretty good at going out places. You enjoy that aspect of things. COVID obviously shut that shit down you know <laughs> probably not as much in america as it has over here but you know i'm not getting political with it um yeah. how has that affected you know coaching training uh just your general mental health if anything i mean it was it was hard because joel was meant to come out to america just before yeah. covid hit so joel was never able to come out to la so we never had joel with us yeah. which maybe wouldn't have affected any results, but like it would have been nice for him to be there and experience it as well, just for like his first like proper year. Um, but I mean, as far as mental health goes, it, this year was tough, man. It was going like nobody wants to lose, and then on top of that, the world's in its the state it is. And honestly, I I struggled at times. I really did struggle, but thankfully that's all like good now, and I'm good. But it was. You know, I, it was nice to have like Dens. I had Dens there with me, so like me and him were always like together. Um, and then when I wasn't with Dens, I was back here with Lisa. So it was, you know, I was always with someone. Yeah, it, I think people will overlook the fact that it can be very isolating. Because I mean, it, it's bad enough, right? In the UK, obviously, you know, Americans and UK watch this, but we had a full lockdown, and I didn't get to see my other half for like three months, and 
if you're in America, you don't have a support system there as much as you would do if you were back in your, you know, your hometown, for instance. So I think you were yeah. probably one of the lucky ones who had someone there with you, like Dens, to make sure that, you know, somebody could... Just seeing a different face every day, I think, yeah, helped, exactly. right? Um, Actually speaking to someone. Yeah. Rather than just putting on a headset sitting in a Discord channel, right? Yeah. Um, so that's really interesting. I am going to change the subject ever so slightly um, to mention the guy you just spoke about, uh, and I'm sure you'll hate me for this, but... Nobody ever speaks about Joel, uh, and I was speaking to him earlier, and I'm sure he's, you know, busy at the moment. Um, I just want to, you know, because he doesn't do any media, he doesn't do anything like that. I've asked him to come on. He ignores me. Um, <laughs> what can you say about Joel to the community? Because people don't know a lot about him outside of, like, the European OGs. I mean, he works hard, man, behind the scenes. He does. He really does work hard. And, uh, like, I wish I, like... The teams I've been in with him could have done more. Yeah. Because I feel like he's been very unfortunate with the teams he's had to coach. Um, there's been a lot of problems out of like his control that he, he can't fix. But him working with Brandon, who was our analyst, and then Josh, like them three together were like they they were unreal. They were like they done everything like with especially with Brandon, like Brandon's stats that he brought this year. Like actually having an analyst to look at like in depth data and stuff like that. It was like it was perfect. Um, we had like we had the tools to succeed, but we just you know didn't get out of the final hurdle. Um, but hopefully, you know, in the, in the next year we'll, we'll see what happens and hopefully things can change. I will say on a positive note for the Paris Legion, you guys start off the year really well. Like I said, you smashed expectations straight out the gate. Why do you think that was, and and what do you think the, the community reaction to that was? I mean, I just think people underestimate us. Um, like I said, like us playing in Europe, it put us ahead. We kind of, you know, learned the game pretty quickly. Um, I mean, we did play OG like the the bad version of OGLA yeah. um, at Minnesota, and and then we played London, who again I think they were the team that did underestimate us at the time. Um, and it's like maybe if we played a harder team at the time, it would have been a bit more difficult. And but we. I mean, the next event we took Chicago, like game five. So we weren't bad, but I just think we we stopped improving when everyone else carried on improving. No, I think that was our problem. Uh, we stayed at the same level when everyone else kind of shut up. I I can see that. No, I can I can hundred percent see that. Do you think? Do you think obviously you know going online didn't help with that aspect? You, I know you guys had to move, right? Is, is that correct? You guys actually ended up moving halfway through the the season because of internet issues. Yeah, like uh, the first online weekend was the the LA server, whatever server we we're playing. I can't remember at this time. Um, it was just lagging everywhere, and we ended up losing with that. So that's one that's one weekend gone that we've lost. Yeah. No points, zero CDL points. Um, the second weekend, I think it was the same thing, if I remember. Not as bad, but the same thing. So at that point, we were like, okay, what can we do? We have me that lives in North Carolina, Kismet that lives in South Carolina. How about we move over, like, move us to there and compete from there? So we moved us and then we carried on losing. Um, and I mean, my internet here just it doesn't connect well to Dallas host for okay. some reason. And every single time we played a team, it was on Dallas host. So you can imagine <laughs> I was I was literally getting tucked. Um, so I ended up, even with COVID going on, with everything literally at its worst, I flew back to LA in like June or July. Because I was like, I cannot, like, I need to do something. I can't just sit here and just accept it. Yeah. So I flew back to LA. We we started winning a bit. We got to the final, the London event. Um, I feel like got... people overlook that as well. Like, looking about Paris... The the crazy thing for me about the Paris team is you guys were slept on at the beginning of the year. You had a good run. It started slowing down. But it's not like you just went, you know, slept on good shit. Like, you went, slept on good. And then you kind of went to, like, mid-table, I feel. And, like, you could beat a good few teams. Like, there weren't easy games against you. And I feel like people forget that, at least in my opinion. Like, when I look at it through, like, the spectrum of work that Paris Legion did and, and yourself... There yep. is more there than just final results. Like it, it, it seems like people don't appreciate how close games can be and how competitive they are. Yeah, I mean, the super frustrating thing this season was translating our 
our games from scrims to actual matches. We were a good scrim team. We were, I mean, we bet, I think we lost, there was a time in like two weeks, we had like a 98% win rate in domination. But when we got to officials, we struggled to win a dom. Like that was, we couldn't win that third game mode. Um, We knew like our S&D had to be on point and that's, that's a big testament like to why we got second at the London event because we won like every S&D. Hardpoint was always our, we might win it, we might not, depending on how we come out because we're, for some reason, we're just so like, our first like half of the game would be super slow. We'd just be getting destroyed. And then we'd start bringing it back, but it's too late at that point. Um, so, we, you know, at Champs and stuff, like our S&D wasn't where it was. And that's the problem with, with relying on S&D is once you've, once you've like shown you're good at it, teams aren't going to let you be good at it again for the next event. Super hard to replicate like that kind of, that kind of winning style. So, um, it was it was frustrating throughout the season, really. No, that I understand, right? That I I completely understand, and I think, for me at least, looking at this from an outsider's perspective, right? I am an outsider uh, in this regard. No matter how long I've been in, I am not a player, and I am not a manager or a coach. Um, hell, I'm not even a caster at the moment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's easy for me to be objective on a team's performance. I mean, slightly less easy when I, I like the people on the team. That is the case on some teams, right? Um, because I always choose to look at players and teams in who are they playing and what has happened. It's not always as simple as, oh, they came eighth. Well, why did they come eighth? Who did they play? What were the vetoes like? Is it a case of a bad matchup, right? That is the issue with a tournament format is you can get tucked by somebody who is just better than you in a map pool. And it doesn't mean that you aren't a better team. It just means that that is the way it goes this weekend. Um, and I think for Paris, you know, I if if you had to do a power ranking for the majority of it, I would put you mid-table. I think, like I said, you know, there were obvious improvements. Basically, nobody was touching the Elite 3 anyway for the majority of the year. So people can put that idea in the bin. Um, and, you know, and, and, and it, it's a crazy run of events. You know, one more game, one more S&D map, and you go up into the bracket and you're in points, right? People, I think, at the start of the year underestimate this format in terms of just getting those points and starting to rack them up is so important. Yeah, so, I mean, we we like I said, we did start off well, and that really helped us. Um, but it was just that mid mid season, really. Like, I mean, we went like zero and eight matches, which confuses me because we went zero and eight, and everyone was shitting on us. But then Minnesota ended the season like zero and ten, and no one said anything. Yeah, well, that, which, yeah, is, which is weird because right? uh, you know you got. You're gonna shit on us, at least shit on them as well. Because you know, the I've always said I think some of the casters are biased towards the the Americans, and this just proves my point, really. So <laughs> I think I think it's a general bias in that case. Like because I think for me how do I put this without stitching anyone up? There are cases over the years where I've been backstage and people have discredited Europeans or European players based on their limited viewpoint of oh I'm more friendly basically they're more friendly with the North American scene so they will take their excuses more reasonably than anything else and while stats don't lie I think there are out cases of outliers and they do forget you know these close games and what can happen and that is a perfect point of it you know when people don't talk about Rocky but talk about Paris and you're like well yeah Rocky were absolutely shockingly bad um you know, Paris didn't even end the season that badly, to be, in my opinion. You know, Champs wasn't amazing, and we'll talk through that in a minute. But those those, those games, there was a, a group of four. I think I put, like, London, Toronto, New York, and Paris. Those four teams, they all played in a different way or a different way around. Anything could happen, right? Like, those four teams are all very competitive and very close. London came out on top Champs weekend, obviously a big thing, but... You have to be objective with this, I think, for a lot of people and say, you know, these obviously are people's careers and people like to just judge it based on KD and fucking what good weekend, what's the last good game you had and all this bullshit. But, you know, some people would gassed over a four-piece and remember it for six months. Like, now, nah, do you remember they got that four-piece in that game and gassed it up, you know? It's 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 so ridiculously subjective a lot of the time. Um, but let's talk about champs, right? The big end of the year, obviously, you know, isn't what you wanted to happen realistically right it was never going to be an easy event everybody was there but take me through you know your run up to champs your prep uh and and then what went down 
I mean, we probably looked the best we did all year in our hard point running up to champs, um, which is unfortunate because, like, I would prefer S and D to be our best game mode. And but like I said, like we we used, you know, we gave we gave everyone an insight to how good we are at S and D at the London event to come second. So like everyone had everything on us. Like we, you know, we used things at the London event nobody's seen before this year. So like. You know, just kind of the rushes you can do, and you know, people were were stopping that happening, and that, you know, even if it's just one or two rounds, that that shit stops you, you know, in your tracks winning, the, like getting far in an event. So, um, obviously, we only had one life, and that doesn't help. Um, kind of unfortunate that we needed Toronto and OGLA to not make it out of groups, and Toronto went on to win the event. So, it's, yeah. you know, that put us straight in the losers bracket. Otherwise, we'd have been in the winners bracket. Um, it literally come down to that one thing. Um, but I mean, you know, it's just, I mean, we only have ourselves to blame, really. I don't, I don't really blame anyone else apart from ourselves for doing, like, getting ourselves in that position. But no, I, mean, I, I would have liked I, to come further. That. I don't know. I, I understand that. I understand that. Is it like, how did Champs feel this year? Because obviously, you know, Champs is unique and people who haven't been to one won't really understand it. Um, how different champs feels, right? Like I said, I'm a caster. I've been to every single one apart from the, the most recent one. It just feels different. Uh, obviously, you know, not involved in this year, but how did you feel rocking up to champs this year? Was it the same feeling? Did it feel just like another day at the office? You know, was there was there more pressure on you? What happened? I mean, I think there was more pressure for sure because this year it was like, especially us, it was... You do well, you're probably going to have a job next year. You don't do well, you're probably in a tough spot. Yeah. Um, and, you know, worrying about finances and trying to play Call of Duty is probably the one of the hardest things to do because it's so, like, so tough to do. Um, especially, like, when you're in a different country. Like, you, you don't want to have to worry about finances. But, I mean, just that feeling, the feeling of this, this is the last event, this is the last, you know, this is where the big money is. Um, and I mean, even losing, like, losing sucks at champs. That's something I don't want to experience. I've experienced it, like, three times now. Yeah. And I do not want to experience it again. Because, um, <laughs> lose, that's like, fair. knowing, like, the, the year's done. Like, that's it. As soon as you, as soon as that, you know, the last domination flag gets capped, you're done. Like, that's your year over. Uh, it's, it's hard to, like, kind of have them, if that's the word. Like, it's, it's hard to look at. But it was definitely... Just as, you know, just as much pressure as like previous champs, even though being online. I mean, I think the the money increase this year really, you know, was a testament to that. Like having that much money on the line. Yeah. Just knowing like every every game you win is basically doubling your money. Um, that's why I would have liked to start in winner's bracket. It would have been a lot easier for us. But you can't have it your way. And hopefully I'll get some better luck next year. I hope so too, man. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm, I'm glad you came on, right? It's 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 something. Uh, you know, I, I can't remember the last time I had you on a podcast. I know I had you on a, a thing about Warzone about four months ago. Yeah, um, but, before, but before then, I can't remember when. Yeah, it was a, a while time. back. It was a while back. Yeah. Um, it's it, champs is always an interesting thing because I I say the same basic tweet every year. I say. This is the end of the excuses. This is the end of everything. If you do not perform at champs, there is nothing else. And you, you summed it up perfectly there, right? You can't. There's nothing. No more what ifs. No more. Oh, I'll get better for the next time. No more exits. This is your last game as a professional um, until we find out what's happening next year. And especially with the breaks are getting longer now, right? <laughs> it's not like it used to be. Um, what you know, champs used to be middle of the year, and then it's gone to the end of the year, and then we'd have a short break. Now the like. If he does it again, January could be the start of the league. You know, it's like four or five months yes, of not actually way. competing properly, um, which is just madness because all, all pro players do is just think about the game 24-7 and just like, oh, next game, next game, I'll practice, I'll scrim, I'll scrim now. How has the... Speaking of that, I didn't ask you. Um, how has the changing culture affected you? Because obviously you've been playing for a while now. It's now gone to a more strictly regimented scrim slots. You play like two or three a day. Um, I know because I like to schedule around certain scrim slots and stuff. Do you prefer 
the practice you get now to the old way of doing it, which was basically just play until you die till four five a.m. in the morning. See, this this one's a hard question because the problem with being at like a team like we were in Paris, yeah. teams don't scrim you. Like we hardly ever got a Atlanta scrim, Dallas scrim, or like a Chicago scrim. Like very rarely. Um, maybe like maybe once a week, once every two weeks, maybe. Other than that, we're playing LG and Seattle every day, and you can't get better if you're playing teams on the same skill level as you or below you. You have to be playing the be- the better teams to get better, and it, it's so hard to get out that like cycle. Um, so I wish there was a, a better way of doing it, like to make it more fair for everyone. Yeah, but then again, it's only ourselves to blame because who's going to scream a bad team? No one. So, no, I, I, I it's un- hard, man. I understand hard. that. I still think. I do, I do agree. I do think you know more variety, and I, I, I was hoping you know once you guys kind of prove yourself, like I said, you know, I don't think it's any, um, shock to to a few people that people are still being egotistical about screen this day and age, even though you guys could definitely teach something, you know, about some to some people, you know, whether it just be running a set of S and Ds, didn't have you weren't shit at them, you know, <laughs> you knew how to play S and D, and it's different, and people could definitely benefit from that. Um, in multiple ways, it's it's so weird. the 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 culture at the moment, Call of Duty, is so it's still not right, in my opinion. But you know, I I think I've made my points on that perfectly clear as I rant about it daily. Um, but I don't know. You know, it's 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 interesting you said that because I didn't I didn't realize the 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 scrimming still wasn't at that stage and it was still kind of like preference based. Well, the only time we ever scrimmed a top team was when they wanted to do a best of nine. Again, what you said because we we're good at S and D. So teams would scrim us in hardpoint domination just to scrim us in S and D. So it's like that's the only time we'd get like an Atlanta or a Dallas. Otherwise, it's you know, I guess they just didn't want to scrim us. Which again, I don't blame them because we're at the bottom of the table. They're at the top. Why would they bother? Yeah, I can see that. I don't like it. I can see it, but I don't. Like no, I don't it. like it either. But, <laughs> um, let's talk. Let's change tactics a little bit because I want to talk about um your support structure. Uh, and we covered a little bit earlier on, you know, with your with your girlfriend and your and your teammates. But you also have something that I've always loved the 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 family chat. How have they been watching your games this year? And obviously, you've kind of left them to go live in America for now two years on the trot. How is the family? Honestly, it's been hard because I haven't seen them in so long. They were meant to uh, they were meant to come to the New York event, and that would have been their time in New York. My brother and sister's first time in in America. Uh, they were all meant to come over and. Uh, that got put on hold because of COVID, so that was that sucked really. But it's always nice having them because it's someone to talk to. They they understand Call of Duty. Surprisingly, they know all the game modes and what goes on. So it's nice to have someone to talk to that isn't a player. Yeah. Because I would talk to Dens a lot, and me and Dens would talk for hours. Um, and it's just nice to have you know my mum there that just they talk to her as well when Dens isn't there. Because yeah. I, when the season's on, I live and breathe. God, I don't think about anything else. So that's all I talk about. No, I, I, I get that. Like I said, I, I think it was. Um, I've seen your family obviously watching your games. I think I've seen videos of your family like watching you on the TV and stuff. And I think that's awesome, man. Like I know not every pro has that structure, and I know not all the families are as involved as they could be. So when I saw that, you know, and, and your on your group chat, I know, I know, I've been on the opposite end of it. If I say something bad about you, I can always see the at Denya's, you know, come at me on Twitter or or, or something along those lines. Um, but I just think it's 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 a fantastic uh, support system. I do wish everybody could could have that because it's something so refreshing to see that. Don't get me wrong; they're not going to be experts about the game, but the fact that they will sit down and watch that and what you do for a living, I think, is just superb. Um, they uh. I have to sometimes tell them to delete tweets or not tweet people because <laughs> if some random person with no avi or an anime avi tweets me, they'll want to tweet him back. Yeah. So I have to t- I have to tell them just ignore it because it's going to happen. No. Yeah. That, that I can 100% say that. I can 100% say that. Um. Let's let's move on a little bit and talk about uh the homestand format this year. Uh. Did you did you like it? Did you not like it? What do you think about the CDLs first year? It, it it's hard because we didn't really get a feel for what it was going to be like. Yeah. We literally got a little teaser, a couple of events, and then it was it was done with. So, I mean, the events we went to, I enjoyed. Um, it would have been nice to have all the teams there because then you feel a sense of accomplishment when you actually win the event because you beat everyone. But, I mean, you can't have everyone there, right? If this is yeah. the way they want to do it. So, um, it's 
I mean, I enjoyed them, but I mean, as long as I have a stage, I have my team against another team, I don't really care what, like, how they do it. It's kind of up to them, whatever they think's best. So, um, I mean, I'd like to see it in full swing, like a full year of it, and see what it's actually like. Because I can imagine maybe there's some burnouts here and there with some players, because um, it's a lot of traveling and yeah. doing them European flights are tough. When we flew to <laughs> yeah, when are. we flew to London, that was. Oof. Yeah, that's rough. That's always always the one that knocks people, and I feel, I feel like obviously a lot of people don't realize it because I've gone obviously across the pond way too many times, and I've always said you can basically you're basically fine going over. Like you're actually you don't feel it going over to America because I remember doing the old UMGs um, back in the day, and they had the worst schedule because I'd fly in on like a Thursday and be live Friday morning, but I wouldn't get yeah, there till like nine ten p.m. Have to go straight to bed, wake up, dress, and go and go cast. And it was okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. wasn't ideal, but okay. Um, yeah. But coming back, <laughs> you just yeah, feel, like, back one, you feel like shit for days. It's, I, my mum can, can vouch for that one. I, I don't think I ever come back to America and was on a normal sleeping schedule. I think yeah. I, I was waking up at, God knows, maybe I was waking up at 2 a.m. maybe, going to bed at 4 p.m., waking up at 2 a.m., that was my schedule for like a week before I fixed it every time. So it's nice to not have to travel back every time. But yeah, I do miss home and I do miss England a lot. So nice, you know, it's, it's just nice to go back when you've lived there so for so long. Well, I hope I hope you get a get a travel home at some point yeah. soon and, and and see all the family. Um, let's move on then and talk about some more hot topics that have been happening recently. That kind of want to see your view on them, and obviously, you know, this is where it gets maybe controversial in some parts. Let's talk about uh, Cold War, for instance. You know, <laughs> I know you missed out on the initial influencer launch because I know you were very upset about that. Uh, I, uh, what happened there? For by the way, like I don't understand what happened. I don't know. I got asked to do it. Yeah. I got sent the little goodie bag with all the. I got some Asteroid tens. I got the jacket, the bag, basically saying like the Cold War little prepackage. And then I was waiting, and they never sent me my code. And then I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh no. And then I'm like, uh, like I'm, they say reach out to your representative. I didn't have one. They added me to the Discord and everything. And I'm sitting there and I'm, <laughs> oh, no. like, where's my code? But uh, all good. I mean. But you eventually got to play it, right? Obviously, we had the alpha yeah. come out. You eventually got to play it. What did you think hands-on, right? I mean, I played it with London. Well, Sean of London. And then yeah. I played with Dylan and Alex. Um, and, I mean, we just... It just feels good to play a game that you enjoy. Um, just, I mean, I'm excited to see the maps, but just like the guns and the movement and stuff, it just it feels nice and smooth. Um, and MW feels clunky when I go back to that. Oh, really? I'm not, touch, I'm not touching that game ever again. Um, <laughs> what about Cold Warzone? War. You're playing a bit of Warzone? See, with, with what I see people tweet about hackers, I'm not even downloading it for that. that can, I'm staying away from that. Um, but, I mean, it's just, like I said, it's just refreshing. It's just nice to have a... I mean, I feel the same every year. Uh, yeah. It's just nice to have another game to play. But hopefully, fingers crossed, this game is you know, lives up to the hype and is a, is a good one. No, that's fair. That's fair. Like I said, I'm, for me, I've I've been collating my thoughts on it and I'm going to put it into a video format of what, what I think about Cold War and its ramifications for the, for the franchise and stuff going forward. I also forgot when we mentioned that, by the way, that you are a Warzone champion. I completely forgot you guys won the first Warzone event. Former, um, former Warzone champion. <laughs> well, okay, I mean, still a Warzone champion, right? There's not an awful lot of them about. Um, yeah, there's very few of us. There is very few of you. Um, was were they good, by the way? Like, did you enjoy playing those Warzone exhibitions and stuff? Did you, you know, was that like a highlight for you of of the year, essentially? Because for me, I love them. I love watching those. They were they were great. Yeah, I mean. It- it's funny because you you're playing against people you compete against, yeah. so it was actually super fun to do them. Um, I imagine also stressful because you realise you can't ego chat anybody. Yeah, that's why we camped in a building. Yeah, um, <laughs> and you know people knocked it, but I'd like to see what they did for two point five k each because yeah. I, I sat in a building and won two point five k, and I'm happy with that. I'll take that. I went to sleep happy that night. Um, but I mean, yeah, like I said, they're super fun. Um, I, I mean, just doing something different. Yeah. Doing something different was 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 fun. So. That, that's fair. That's fair. Like I said, I think um, for me, you know, I, I, I tweeted out about it at the time. I said, 
these these Warzone games people are watching aren't like other Warzone games. They just aren't. You you don't understand like playing against professional all professionals, all professional Call of Duty players. There is no oh I might be able to get in a cheeky play here and just use raw skill to win it. I might be able to ego chow or I might just pop out and start. No, none of that because you'll get yeah. ripped. You will you've be got, destroyed. You've got to hope things go your way. The circle goes your way. Yeah. So that's why the house. We were in it the entire game. Did recon the circle. We done recons. Went to the house. Um, I think it was Luca that picked the house, and he said, "Let's sit in this one." And the circle went in and in and in and in, and we just sat there watching everyone die around us. I saw Simp dying over to my right, and I was like, "I ain't fighting them. If that's one team, I'm not <laughs> fighting. It's them." So I just uh, I ignored them, and I just sat there, and we won the game. So, and then they changed the rule of you have to make kills. But yeah, you know, I've got my money by that point. I'm good. <laughs> no, I, mate, honestly, I would have done the same thing. If you know, money on the line, winning is winning. Um, people don't tend to understand that as much. Uh, Another kind of hot topic uh, that has been going on is skill-based matchmaking. Did you run into it badly in Cold War? I did, but I had three other pros with me, so we just... Yeah, I didn't play Cold it. War on my own. I just played with Shawnee, Dylan, Alex. Yeah. And nobody's beating us, no matter what the skill-based matchmaking is like. But, I mean, I watched some, some like... You know, I was watching Scump a bit this week, uh, that weekend, and it looked a bit... I mean, I don't... It's, it's a very controversial topic, because yeah. I don't know... I know it's been in every COD, but maybe the level like that it's been at is a bit. I know in MW it was in Warzone and stuff. It 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 was insane. Um, so I I don't know what they can do to cater to everyone. Yeah, because I understand uh, rank, why they do it. Probably a rank play. <laughs> yeah, maybe a rank playlist. Maybe I don't know. That's a good idea. Um, um it's an interesting yeah, topic, it's... man. It really is. Funny enough, and and this is you know it is off topic, and I don't usually. But I've been working today on more content for my own stuff because I like talking about even on. Um, so I've actually lined up and scripted three videos, of which I also have four more that I put into the log to get ready. Um, one of them is about skill-based matchmaking. There's so much. The problem I'm having at the moment that's really irritating me is I'm I'm struggling to hold back my opinion on Twitter, not because I don't want to have a discussion, but because. I'll end up being too aggressive and it's there is a lack of context in tweets. It's one of the reasons I do the podcast, right? I can't explain stuff. Like, there are reasons for skill-based matchmaking and there are reasons against skill-based matchmaking and there's a whole conversation that needs to happen. I cannot do that in even two or three tweets, right? <laughs> Just can't because there are, there are even things right now that people don't understand about why it's in and why it works that way that I will have to explain. Um... It's such an interesting topic. I just see it. I saw it trending and stuff. And yeah, I got absolutely hammered by it in Cold War. Like the first, I think one of the last games where it kicked in, I was 18 and 0, just running around. Another person I was with went 36 and 0. And then it, 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 it kicked in and I got absolutely fucking <laughs> annihilated. I was like, holy crap. Um, but no, it's a controversial topic for certain, man. It, 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 it's mad in terms of like how much it's divided members of the community of Call of Duty. Because yeah. obviously, you know, there's 20 million of us. Um, not just the esports side, but content creation and everything else. Yeah. Um, I'll ask you one last question, but uh, let's do questions in the chat so people can ask you uh, questions now uh, for you know coming up as we as we draw to you know, maybe the hour mark of this one. Um, for me, realistically, Zed, I think you've had a very storied career, um, and I think I kind of want to ask you now what's one of your biggest highlights of it. Probably. The last couple of months of rec, because we came fourth at playoffs and then came fifth at champs. Yeah. And although I don't compete for money, I compete to win. Obviously, within that amount of money that we did, it was something like forty thousand dollars or something combined. Um, that was each forty thousand each, and winning that and that being my biggest like amount of money I've ever won. Um. That was like kind of that's been my highlight so far in my career. Obviously, I've had, you know, the one v four. You know, I've beat Optic six five last like uh, last map. Done things right. like that. The Optic before the new Optic as well, right? That's yeah. like mad. Yeah. Um. Well, the Optic we did it against the the shit Optic. There was like methods <laughs> methods Octane. It was it was still Optic. It was still Optic. It was still Optic, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. And, you know, it's I, I've done a lot of things, and, I mean, even this year. I've had to transition to more of like 
a vocal person in game, uh-huh. which is something I never thought I'd have to do. But you know, people don't see that like when I'm playing in like these maps. I might be, I might drop a point nine, but I'm doing my best to lead the team, give him a direction, uh-huh. and that's why I enjoy team with Dan so much because me and him kind of did that together, and I knew I could trust him. He knew he could trust me, and we we kind of led the other guys, but. Um, it was an experience. It's been this year has been a big experience for me and a big like learning curve, in my career. And I just hope I can, you know, have a few more years to actually, you know, put that into into play and use it to my advantage. Really. Yeah. No, I I, I get that, man. I think just to follow on before we go from questions from the chat, does that KD thing ever bother you? Like how no. much it's touted, how much it's brought up, like. People will judge your entire being on a on a number and how close to that one it is. Um, it's hard because if you go back and look at the wreck here, I won a map with five kills. And if you ask one of any any of the players that were on my team, did you know Zach had five kills? They're going to say no because that shit doesn't bother me. Like I'm there to win. I'll do anything. And like things aren't going to go your way sometimes. You know you're going to have a rough map, but if you let you know, not getting kills affect you in game. You might as well just forfeit the series because you're you're done at that point. So, um, you know, I I try to not let things affect me that happen in game, and I'll yeah. you know bring the energy that I need to bring. And you know, if one of my teammates is carrying us through, then you know I'll I'll you know gas them to the end of the end of the game. So, um, it's something that I don't really care about, but obviously the community does. So, um. I mean, what can you do, really? You just yeah. gotta take it on the chin and just ignore them, I guess. No, that's fair. That's fair. Like I said, I think it's it's something players always have to keep in their mind because it's one of the most used statistics in Call of Duty. Yep. With and it has no context. It it doesn't have context. The KD ratio yeah. doesn't have context. If I saw you drop to zero point one or something ridiculous, right? You know, everyone just go, wow, that is the worst player in the history of Call of Duty, right? Doesn't matter the context. Doesn't matter if you got a bomb down every round. Doesn't matter if, you know, you kept with Dom flags. Doesn't matter if you were first in. None of that matters to the wider Call of Duty community. And it's insane um, because people get judged over a KD ratio a lot of the time. Don't get me wrong, right? I think I've talked about formals back in the, in the Champs Day 1, you know, dropping 1.44. You know, even then, even with baiting and, and holding ARs and all that sort of stuff, still very impressive. It is a statistic yeah. that can be used, but it shouldn't just be the end all and be all of it. Um, it. I think a big part, which I don't think is his fault, yeah, but is these cards that get put out on <laughs> yeah. Twitter. For example, um, a, a, an example that I was I was showing Dan's, which was funny, was the champs one. Right, I had a 0.75 KD in Dom, but if you go back and watch them Doms, every single life on Hackney Yard. I was OE into the C flag and neutral in it. And then dying, coming off spawn, doing the same thing, which won us the game. Yeah. But you don't see that from a 0.75 on the card. But people in Twitter just look at the cards, look at the numbers, oh, 0.75, you shit. But it's like they don't actually see the impact you bring. Yeah. Um, and not everyone, I, I, I say this all the time, is if you had five players that are dropping 1.2 every game, you're probably going to lose. Like you need players to fucking go in first, yeah. and if you if you make a team, like I see some of these teams that people put like put together, and I'm like Jesus Christ, who the fuck is going to go in first? Yeah, there, there um, is there is a lot to be said for pressure. You know, just even even dying is still pressure. If you force a player to reload, you force a player to use ammo to even take damage, they are not going to be as effective as somebody if they haven't done that. And I've always I've always said this right pressure is an intangible that you can't measure but you can see um like you know it's, it's something i've always said you know i said speed kill you know it's speed kills i've always said fast aggressive players are worth their weight in gold if they're good at it right and you have to build a team to measure that and, and, and take advantage of it you know how many times have we talked about pacing in call of duty then so, you know this team's too fucking slow um, and that's a lack of pressure on the map. You cannot allow other teams and players to just do whatever the hell they feel like because then you get bodied regardless of your KD ratio. Yeah. Like, it, it's a weird one because I think if you're quick, but you're not very good at it, then you're not really doing anything. You're just dying. Yeah. 
but if you're quick around your teammates and your say you say like 90% of your deaths are traded by a teammate yeah. you're doing a fine job like you know, you know what I mean like if you're just running off in the other side of the map and dying but you're you're really quick and you're saying you're fast and you're faster player on the team that don't mean shit yeah like get with your teammates be around them and actually trade kills out instead of being you know a self a selfish player but that's a whole different topic <laughs> There are a lot of them about, right? There are yeah, a lot, especially, oh, especially, are. especially now, right? In this, uh, in this environment, you know, there are people who are like, oh, I'll just if I have a good KD ratio, I can, I can use that. I'll get another team for another year and do the same shit again. They don't need and to win they, nothing. They need to win nothing. And then, they're, and then they're mind blown that they're not picked up. Yeah. And then they go back to the cycle of all I want to do is win, but you, you clearly don't because look at the last year you had. You, you could have done so much more to win. But now you're just saying it because you want to be picked up. It happens every year. It's bullshit. Yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't agree more, man. Uh, and there are people out there exactly like that. All right, questions from the chat. Um, I'm guessing there is, uh, you know, this is from Raspberry. Zach is asking you for the most handsome member in the GOAT chat. Oh, God. I'm guessing this is a, a chat you're currently in. Yeah, I'm in a chat with a bunch of weirdos, dude. <laughs> no, they are funny. They're funny. That's who I game with offseason. But most handsome member in the GOAT chat. Uh, fuck. This is going straight in that chat, you know. Yeah, you know that? Guy, and then and then if I don't say their name, they're gonna roast me. Um, shit. Uh, tick. There we go. Okay. I don't know who that tick. is, but apparently you're uh, handsome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, next question. Okay, this one is a difficult one, right? Like, there's been a lot of shits that are out Paris recently. Paris is all over the news cycle. Uh, the, the rumored Paris criteria. Or, or whatever it is. It's something like, you know, minimum wage, any players, preferably from France and all this. What is, I mean, you can not weigh in on this or say whatever you want to say. Like, what are you making of this whole Paris situation? Um, This one's a hard one because I can't say too much. No, that's fair. Like, for, sorry, obvious, I, 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 for obvious yeah, reasons. Yeah. Um, but things could have been done better, for sure. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure that that that's a learning experience for them. Um, but we'll see. We'll see at the end of the the end of the next couple of months what happens. Yeah, I hope. Ho I, hopefully, I'm involved. Yeah, we'll mate, me too. I hope you're back there, and I'm sure you know it, there's a lot of people who hope the same thing as well. Uh, let's see. Next question. <laughs> this is another one from your chat. You've got a very loyal fan base, just so we're aware. Um. Why? Why do you cost in Valorant? Is the yeah, question. I don't know why. I don't know why they say it because I'm the highest rank. I'm the best player on the the game. Oh, so I'm good at every game I play. Simple as that. They they're just sorty. <laughs> Was that from someone that probably doesn't even play Valorant with me? So. <laughs> uh, next one. Uh, this is a good one. Meaning behind your tattoos? Because they look cool as fuck. Right. Brilliant. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's yeah. you know, your tattoos. Uh, you do whatever you want. Absolutely no meaning. They look cool as fuck. And uh, I saw Krim tweet at one time and I was like, damn, that looks fucking cool. Has he got it? He still hasn't got it? Fuck it, I'll get it. And I've just built from that. And, uh, Fair enough, man. Probably going to build more this off-season. We'll see. I mean, that's just an honest answer. I don't think anyone can, uh, anyone can hate on, a, on an I'm honest... not... I, some people don't like tattoos if they have no meaning. But for me, it's like... I mean, I guess it's whatever the person wants, really. And, you know, I, I've been hitting the gym. So if I oh, continue nice. to go to the gym, maybe my body will look good one day. <laughs> and with the tattoos, it will look good. But we'll see. Awesome. Well, I think that's an honest answer. I can't ask for anything else. Um, if you don't get a roster spot, you know, touch wood, um, will you play in challenges? What is the plan? I mean, you might already have um, one. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I haven't I'll heard probably, anything. No, I don't have one yet. But I'll probably play in challenges. Um, I've been talking to Wuskin quite a lot. So maybe me, Wuskin Scraps, plus one. Damn. Um, <laughs> We'll see. We'll see what happens. But I'd like that. I'd like to be back with uh, Brad if if I don't get on a franchise. That's fair. I can see, you know, people waiting for the, the expansions coming in, you know, next year that's been rumoured yeah. and stuff. And we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens as it goes through. I think it's an interesting year. I'm sure I've been told the challenges are changing anyway. I've been, I've been told so many rumours about this year, by the way. Mental. Just crazy. Expect a massive change up. If you're listening to this right now, here's the breaking news. Next year in the CDL, nothing like this year. Um, yeah. What is the next one? Oh, if you could build a perfect team around your play style slash skill set slash what you value in a teammate, who are you choosing? Shawnee. 
Okay. Is this based off? I want to base it off players I've I know. Okay. Right? So, yeah, yeah, cool. So, yeah, so, so so players I've I'm familiar with, right? I pick Shawnee. Right. Um, I'd pick Dylan, and then I would pick. Denzel Brad. Oof. But I'd have Alex in there as well. So it's basically just red. <laughs> you just, uh, just pick reciprocity. <laughs> I love I love Shawnee. I think Shawnee's so underrated and people don't see what he brings to the team. Um I had Shawnee a few weeks ago. Shawnee's a great guy to talk to. Shawnee is Shawnee's a great guy. And I love Denz. I think Denz is you also don't see what Denz brings to a team. Um he he's one of the hardest working people I know behind like behind the gameplay. So yeah. That's all I want. I want people that want to work hard because if you work hard, you're. It doesn't matter how much skill you have, as long as you you have a decent amount, you're gonna beat all these, you know, teams that are built like super teams. Uh-huh. Beat them easy. You just outplay them. That's all I want. I just want a team that wants to win and wants to work hard. Yeah, that's. I think that's fair. I think I think that's 100% fair. Uh, very quickly, because apparently the Seattle roster has been announced. So I'll just quickly find out who that is. Obviously, Octane, uh, Gunless. Uh, who else is in this? Looney, Pristini, Gunless. Pristini and Looney, yeah. I mean, obviously, <laughs> something you've already known or just saw them very quickly. What do you think of the roster? I, I, I know already, but... Um, I mean, you've got a lot of experience on that roster. Um, I'll be interested to see how, like, Looney and Gunless, like, work together again. Because, obviously, they were... They've been good in the past. I'm pretty sure they teamed in the past, right? I think so. I know, Is it now Rise you mentioned Model 2? Looney, Gunless... Oh, I, th- um, I, I think so. Looney, Looney Gunless... TJ Slasher, I think that was a team. But I mean, two like veterans. I don't know. They're gonna. Let's just hope they don't implode from the inside. I mean, that is that is a. Now you've mentioned it. I was thinking about going. That is an interesting team to balance. Um, because Looney, I believe, last year obviously had a blowout in Toronto, and Gunners obviously has had blowouts the last couple of years. They're gonna to have to like just it's it's been like managing a nuclear reactor, you know. If you're getting it running and going, it's like, yeah, this is great, this is a great source of energy. But you know, it goes wrong, it's gonna go very, very wrong. Um and the problem the problem with that is I mean, I love the guy, but I don't think Joey Nubsy would be able to control him. Yeah. Gunless uh Joey Nubsy ain't calming Gunless and Looney down, let me tell you. Not many people can. I don't think it's Joey Nubsy. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's I think it's a fair comment to make. Um, that is an interesting team. I wonder how that is going to move forward um, for the next year. Obviously, going down to four. I keep the problem is I've got used to five v five. I keep seeing four members and thinking there's another one. Um, but yeah, that's just uh, that's just how it is. But that's an interesting team. I'm sure you know people are already farming their, uh, their their YouTube views by putting out a thing with it and giving their hot take. But no, I mean Looney's back in the league. You know, it's it's interesting. I don't know, man. I feel like. I don't know whether that's just they've gone the kind of the safe route. You know, you take Gunless and Octane, and that's going to be powerful regardless of what happens. Prestini also very good, and you know, Looney we haven't seen him for a little while, but again, you know, very storied player. It, the problem is, it kind of gives me flashbacks of when Seattle announced their first team, and everyone thought that was going to be good, and then it wasn't. So the the only problem I I see them having is I don't know if they'll be able to compete with the top teams. Well, I don't that, think that's the thing. Isn't I, it? I don't think a team like Seattle right now beat Bays. Dallas, New York. I don't think that's. No, I don't think really. Maybe, maybe if they're, maybe if Gunners and Octane are that good, yeah. then it will it'll work. But for, for right now, I don't know. Yeah, I think we're gonna have to see. Like, I suppose it's meta based as well, right? I think yeah. you know if the meta suits them, then they'll be absolutely laughing. Um, but is that a team to beat the Giants? First half of the year, probably. I mean, they're probably going to be good out the gate. Whether or not that sustains, we will certainly have to find out. Um, let's move on from them, because we could probably talk about that roster for an hour. Um, this is another interesting one that I saw. What do you think of the Marshall Brothers situation? You said you've been talking to Brad a lot recently, and feel free to you know not cover this as in-depth as you want to. I don't want to get anyone in trouble or jeopardize anyone's career, but they have also dominated the news cycle recently in terms of what they are doing or not doing. See, this is a hard one because I wasn't part of the London team, so I don't know really what happened. Yeah. Um, I've heard both sides of the story, and I don't really know what to, to say really, but um, I still find it mind-blowing they haven't been picked up. Yeah. I think they bring a lot to a team. They do bring a lot. Um, 
And to have them both not on a team, that's so weird to me. Um, considering some of these other teams could use players like them. Um, yeah. You think even if they did have those, even if the rumours were true, right, you think some management team or staff somewhere could be like, look, we'll get them into shape. Let's fucking nail yeah, it and down. Then, and they're still very talented. The only other thing I can think of is Americans don't like them. I don't know if that's true. It's the only other thing. I, the only other reason I can think of why a team wouldn't pick them up. Yeah. Because the no. other players don't like them. But I don't see why they wouldn't. I mean, they've not done anything to them. No, that's true. I suppose it's 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 down to preference again, right? Like sometimes people may not have the experience personally with the Marshall Brothers that the people in the UK do. Like you, you just don't know what goes on behind the scenes with everybody. And I think I want to. Here's the thing, right? It's difficult for me because I like the major. I think I like basically ninety nine percent of EU players. There are very few I've ever had arguments for you. There's very few I think need taken down a step or peg or, you know, are overblown or egotistic or whatever. I've basically always got along. So I'm always advocating European talent to be more represented in Call of Duty. And I may, you know, I spoke about it before saying it is not a good time to be a European player because of the bottlenecks getting into the league. And I think it would be a horrific shame not to see all these incredibly talented people like yourself not be in a team and have to wait for the expansion and hope that there are the right people in these franchises to understand where talent is and to go through the, all the problems you have to to get European player in. So yeah, that's a that's the problem we face at the moment. Yeah, there's a lot of Europeans that probably should be in the like, you know, in to- like in conversation, but from what I can tell, not many are. Not many are really. Maybe yeah. Hydra. That's it. Yeah. No, I, I fully agree. I fully agree. You just got to think. You know. War, right? Team yeah. War just dominated yeah. their fucking European Challengers division. I don't know if any of them are getting even looked at or had yeah, a discussion. I don't, I don't think. Like, I don't what think more, do what more do you have to do? What more do you have to do? You win everything. You dominate. You you do champs. You, you're great. Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> like, yeah, it's at this point. Like if I said, you, if your team war, like, you have to kidnap a franchise's fucking family <laughs> to to get in there. And like I said at the beginning, I I think they're better than the NA AMS. Yeah. Really do. EU players always have been at that level. Yeah, it's mad. It, 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 it's mad to see. You know, I don't want to rant about it too much. Um, and I think we'll make this the last question for you uh, right now. What are you most excited for in regards to the 4v4 return? Not having to track five players. Because let me tell you, that's fucking hard sometimes. <laughs> um, and just maps. I'm excited just to have good maps, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Um, and just, you know, be my little team. You know, just do what we do our do our thing. Uh, that's what I'm most excited for. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Uh, with that, I will uh, throw it to you for any last statements or anything you want to say. Or is there anything we've missed talking about you, you wanted to bring up? You know, sometimes that happens. I think, honestly, I think we covered everything. Um, covered I mean... Hopefully this year goes well for me and people see me back on like you know franchise team. Um, hopefully we like par- whatever team picks me up does content. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, if not, maybe I'll take it into my own hands. I do don't it. know. Do it. Hundred percent. Possibilities are endless. But we'll see. Well, I'm uh, I'm I'm glad to hear it, man. All right. You thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you giving up your time and I hope you all the best. For the much. next year, man, it, it's been a, it's yeah. been it's been glorious. Um, all right, thank you so much for everyone watching on YouTube or whatever. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're watching this live, go do it now, right? Or if you're watching this on Spotify, do it as well. We're going to be on everything. It'll be out soon. Thank you so much for watching, and I'll see you next.